What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Today, we're doing something totally different, mixing it up. I wanted to take you all behind the scenes of my channel. We're gonna talk about the startup HyperChange um, and just kind of tell you what I've been up to because I'm making, uh, I've moved, this is my new studio. Um, it's totally not set up yet, but this is, I can even show you uh, right now, but this is like, you know, uh, I don't know. My mic, camera. It's, you can see it's like a totally empty studio right now, but we're just getting it set up and it's gonna be absolutely epic. Anyway, so yeah, so I'm I'm totally, I've moved across the country. Um, so got a new studio, been setting that up, um, have gone through a channel rebrand, changed the logo, um, have doing a bunch of different ideating about content and thinking about expanding the team, bringing new people onto the HyperChange uh, platform and just so, so much to cover. And I just feel like, I've never really stopped and taken a moment to just kind of open up and tell everybody what's up with me as a creator and why I'm doing what I'm doing, why I'm making the decisions I'm making. Um, and I feel like I kind of owe that to you and like, especially to my Patreon supporters and just early subscribers of the channel who've been following. And I feel like we've gained so much people and you know, we're at like 136,000 subscribers now, which is way more than I could have ever dreamed of. But uh, I don't know. So I kind of wanted to welcome you to the, all to the channel and take all behind the scenes. And we're gonna, this is just gonna be fun. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> This is kind of, uh, look what I got here, kind of a special surprise. Not sure if you can see that. Yes, Tesla tequila. We are having some. I thought, what what better way to have, you know, talk about hyperchange, what I've been up to, what I've been scheming, other than just having a little Tesla tequila with y'all. Um, so let me figure this out. I mean, look at the quality, just an artisan product here. Um, Puro Agave, the Tesla, I mean, the iconic iconic to say the least. And I think a lot of people don't realize that um, Nosotros Tequila, who actually interviewed the, the founder, shout out to Carlos, who uh, is just an amazing entrepreneur who built this super artisanal tequila startup. Um, and he's the one who launched Tesla Tequila and they do have amazing tequila on the market, but this is like a special version that, they, that they've never done before, um, which is a 15 month aged Añejo in French oak barrels. And I have tried it already, so it's incredible, but I just want to give a shout out to Carlos and uh, Nosotros for making this. I bought it. I, I didn't get it for free. I bought it. I was hyped because I was like, Tesla's dropping $250 tequila, um, but it actually tastes like tequila. Or to but it actually tastes like two hundred fifty dollar tequila. Like that's that's the thing. Like I've never had a two hundred fifty dollar bottle of tequila, so maybe I don't know. But I've had a lot of crappy, crappy tequila in my days, and this is absolutely. I mean, look at this thing. The unbox. I know I'm totally getting sidetracked with the purpose of the video, but come on. I mean, the, the every bottle's hand blown, uh, hand blown glass. So they look a little bit different, a little bit quirky, not perfect. It even says that in the uh, in the thing. So got this really dope stand. I don't know if y'all can see that. Um, well, I mean, and for those who are asking, um, this is literally a total coincidence, like a hundred percent coincidence that this bottle looks like exactly like the HyperChange logo. Um, and I, when I, I interviewed Carlos, the CEO of Nosotros, like months before this came out, but he wasn't allowed to like tell me the details or show me anything. And he's like, yep, the bottle's like a lightning bolt. That's all I knew. And then I'm like, bro, like, you know, HyperChange is coming out with a new logo. And I sent him the logo we were working on. And I was like, does this look like your the the Tesla tequila logo. He didn't really say anything, but then they dropped then I they kept delaying Tesla tequila. So then I swoop in and drop my logo and I'm like, "Okay, here's the new dope logo." And then they dropped Tesla tequila and it's like looking exactly almost so similar to the quirky lightning bolt, but I mean, come on, it's electric cars. Like who doesn't have a lightning bolt these days? Anyway, um wow. This is just a special moment.
it's funny that I'm alone in my studio right now, but I feel like I'm with all of you. So, <laughs> um, and it says to just pull it off, not twist it. So I'm going to try and do that. Really hope I don't break it here on camera. Ooh, perfect. Wow. This is dope. So I got this glass with ice. Got a, only one take here, I guess. Wow. Look at that. Got a little Tesla tequila. Oh my God, this bottle is just so cool. Okay, try it there. Once we're done with the taste stuff, we'll get into the fun part, I promise. But we got to start with, with... Here we go. Wow. Oh my God. I mean, it's honestly like the most unbelievably smooth tequila um, I've ever had, but not a tequila connoisseur. But anyway, so that that kicks it off. So where do I want to start with hyperchange? I mean, I think when I when I started hyperchange, it was this idea of like creating the show I wanted to watch. Uh, when I was 14, shout out to Uncle Raleigh, got me this Snowball by Warren Buffett, this like legendary book, um, which talks about how Warren Buffett built his wealth, his mentality. It's basically his biography, but it's all about this idea of rolling your snowball. So I started rolling my snowball when I was 14, put a G into my E-Trade account, convinced my dad, shout out to my dad for letting me do that and, and signing off on me to put my life savings in this E-Trade account because under 18, you got to get your parents to sign off. Um, so I put all my money in E-Trade account, buy Sony stock, totally crumbles. Uh, this is in like 07, 08. And I pretty much lost all my money because I thought people were going to buy HDTVs. Of course, Sony has the dopest HDTVs for the Super Bowl. Going to be a huge spike in demand. Sony stock's going to soar. Whatever. Ended up being totally wrong. HDTVs are commoditized. Recession uh, is going to change all of that. And then I also learned a lot about how like everybody knows there's a Super Bowl. Everybody knows that the switch to HD is coming. What is priced in versus what's not being priced in. The way you make money in the stock market is what do you believe that no one else believes? If I had asked everyone, are you going to get an HDTV for the Super Bowl? Do you think more people will buy TVs for the Super Bowl? Everyone said, of course. So anyway, getting sidetracked. But I started investing and I just loved it. I mean, I just, I think I was addicted to like the money part of it. You know, you, you could be making money. Like you got to check the stock market every day. I'm on the West coast in Seattle. I would, started waking up in high school at 6:30 every single day to check the market. Um, and it was just the way I wake up because I hate the mornings and I would just trade for an hour before had my options phase, like penny stocks. I did all the weird stuff. And you know, uh, just throughout that process, like everyone would always ask me, like, Kelly, I love stocks. How do I get into stocks? Like all my friends, all my peers in school. And as I became older and finance sort of people, more and more real people realized how cool the stock market was. Like there was just so many people asking me and I, and I would start to watch CNBC and just get so frustrated by the analysis, um, by the questions I was getting. And I just felt like there wasn't a good, I don't know, just like there the financial education was just suffering a massive crisis in this country. And so I felt like as a nerd, as someone who's like kind of good at this and is, you know, and this is by the time I'm in college and, and after college, like spending so much time, you know, researching stocks. What What is the, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I, when I came down to it, what is the product that will help people the most? And I decided honesty and authenticity were the two things I thought were missing. How cool would it be to have an epic investor literally just open source their investment diary, just give you all of their thoughts, ideas, predictions, not trying to be right, not trying to be wrong, not talking to clients, just literally scheming the way I scheme with myself when I look at a stock and just that brutal honesty and transparency and just kind of a fresh take that's not a show, it's just a diary. And so that's really what hyperchange is, is like, 
this investing diary, so to speak, that I've open source um, for the world because I don't know, I just felt like that was the best way I could help people learn while learning how to build a business myself, while learning myself. And I just, you know, shout out to Gary V. I, I saw the Gary V like, I don't know. I just really got into Gary Vee and, and the way he talks about how there's just such an amazing opportunity to create content around your passion and build a business around it. And I just think that's still one of the greatest kept secrets in our society right now is like, you know, your thing is probably not sitting in your bedroom with like an unkept bed and your t-shirt wearing a hat being like, this stock is good. You know, I love Tesla. That's what I was doing, but whatever. And then, and then it feels like the world comes to you. That's what Gary Vee said, like way before anything started, he's like, dude, follow your path. Instead of like chasing what the world wants you to do and looking at what's going to make you rich and successful, look within, chase your passion, work on that. Just nurture this kind of natural fascination we all have with stuff um, and your unique perspective. And then the world will come to you. And so I don't know. I'm getting sidetracked, but Gary Vee really inspired me to start saying, okay, I'm going to start open sourcing um, all of my content. So I started making my YouTube channel three or four years ago. Um, eventually Bitcoin spiked. I cashed out of my Bitcoin or like pretty much all of my Bitcoin at the time. Um, and then had like six months of runway um, to, to do hyper change. And then I even had to cash out about half my Tesla stock um, in like 2017 as well to be able to fund or 2018 to fund another six months of rent. But basically I kind of was like, all right, like let's give this a shot. Like I think the internet is huge. I think the opportunity is huge. Um, and I just think if I'm going to be good at this and if I do think I'm all time, like my in my head, my game plan was like, okay, I'm going to launch a hedge fund. I'm going to crush it. I'm going to crush wall street. I'm going to make billions. Then I'm going to figure out what I wanted to do. And then I realized like, wait, like I think a million subscribers is worth more than a billion dollars under management. And I think we are in the new internet era. And I think giving away my ideas for free and expecting karma versus trying to manage money and take all these fees and hoard uh, capital and, you know, only keep my ideas for rich people. Um, I was like, no, let's just open source it and give it away. And I think Gary Vee is right that there's been a never better time to do that, especially when everyone in my industry is keeping their ideas to themselves, working for Goldman Sachs, working for a hedge fund, not putting their ideas out there. There is such a huge opportunity. And so... I don't know. I feel like I just kind of luckily stumbled into like, I've been doing 10 years, 10,000 hours of stock research. Um, I'm learning about the internet. Um, I'm finding out about Gary Vee. I get laid off from this crappy startup job who had to do all these big layoffs, who ironically Gary Vee was an investor in. That's how he even found about Gary Vee. And I was like, let's just do it and give it a shot. And so that's kind of what hyperchange was. And I just started running with it, like putting out videos, Originally, when I started doing HyperChange, like the first 10 episodes, I was still working at that startup and I would do like Gary Vee, like, you know, put in your work, get home, 7 to 2 a.m., pet the dog. Uh, for me, it was like, go grab a slice of pizza and then just whip out an article, whip out a video, start grinding on that. And so... So that's how it started. And then I went full time, you know, Bitcoin, Tesla gave me a little runway. And then in mid 2018, uh, May 2018 is when the conference call thing happened. Uh, all of you, you know, we, I'm making Tesla videos, talking about Tesla. And then so many people were like, dude, let's get you on the conference call after I'm putting all, you know, I feel like my con uh, conference call videos were like half comedy routines, making fun of all the questions, half analysis. And so I feel like it was like this guy called Sniper in Shadow or Sniper. He used to comment on all my videos. He's awesome. Anyway, shout out to him because he made the comment that was like, dude, like, let's get you on the conference call. I was like, no way that's going to work. But like, I'm down. And so next thing, one thing leads to another. But the next quarter, I think a couple quarters went by and I kept sort of making these videos. I kept having this growing sentiment that just the right questions weren't being asked. People weren't understanding Tesla. And then that's when I had all of you help me being like, let's try and get hyperchange on the call. Email Martin, the head of IR. Huge shout out to Martin, by the way. Um, I owe him another shout out in this video too. But 
um, the head of IR for Tesla at the time, and just bombarded him with all these emails to try and get on the conference call. Um, he basically, Martin calls me up like that day after we sent him a hundred emails, I think it was 150 of you shareholders worth like $200 million had emailed Martin being like, we want Galley on the conference call instead of these lame Wall Street people. And he's like, bro, this is unprecedented. We've never done anything like this. We're not going to be able to do it. And then Next thing you know, I'm like, screw it. Well, I'm still going to tweet at Elon because I think this is worth a shot. And I don't think Elon had ever replied to one of my tweets or I'd know, I don't know, I was just a nobody with like 5,000 subscribers uh, just making Tesla videos. But luckily, we had already built kind of enough of a grassroots community here to where it was noticeable. And then Elon tweets like, so I put out that tweet like, yo, Elon, like 180 shareholders with this much money uh, want me to get on the conference call to represent all retail shareholders. I have a bunch of questions lined up. Like, let's do this even though I'd already gotten the no from Tesla. And Elon replies, sure. So like, I literally like lose my shit. I slide into uh, my roommate's room, Leo, shout out to Leo. And I'm like, dude, Elon reply. Like, ah, I'm gonna be on the conference call. Like, oh my God. So one thing leads to another. I'm on like Bloomberg, CNBC, MarketWatch. All these interviews start coming in. I'm like, oh my God, I gotta get ready for the conference call. CNBC wants me to go to their thing. Like it was totally overwhelming. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I was just kind of freaking out because then I'm, I'm talking to Tesla and they're like, we're going to squeeze you in last call of the conference call. Like we think we can get you a question. This is after Elon said, yes. So I'm like, oh my God, this is really happening. Um, I, you know, go on CNBC, tell them I own two, uh, my two biggest investments, Tesla and my eight flamethrowers. <laughs> and I don't know. And I sprint back, take a cab to, uh, my apartment in the East village. I'm there on my standing desk getting ready. I have like the Google sheet with all the questions I'm on the conference call you know, I'm like ready to go. I'm like, they might call me in. I dial in with a special dial waiting for them to, I don't know, figure out how to go to me. And then halfway through the conference call, you get Elon being like, screw Wall Street. You can see him getting more frustrated. He has the bonehead thing where he's like, these questions are boneheaded. Let's go to YouTube. I'm like literally panicking, like out of body moment. Um, and then just read my questions, have the combo with Elon. And then that was such a Honestly, I, I still cannot believe that that happened. Founder Elon Musk cut off the, quote, boring Wall Street analyst that gave YouTuber Galileo Russell his 23 minutes of fame. Russell's questions were more product and technology focused. He joins us now. Russell, what do you do? Tell us what your most of your time is spent on. Yeah, I'm the founder of HyperChange TV, which is a financial news startup uh, with the goal of inspiring millennials to take an interest in finance by making sort of fun, more unique, uh, more accessible content on YouTube. Now, you got Elon Musk's attention. Tell us how. Uh, yeah, so I set up a campaign um, and I had uh, about a couple hundred of my viewers email in to Tesla's IR team uh, representing over 20 million worth of shares to get a voice for retail investors on the conference call. And so I sort of crowdsourced a bunch of questions for my viewers and subscribers and then uh, pitched it to Elon and Tesla and they let me on the call. Do you think the model's been disrupted by what you achieved? I mean, 23 minutes, that's a lot of time. and. He obviously was quite dismissive of many of the traditional Wall Street analyst questions. And many and those questions were valid, talking about gross margins, does it need to raise more money? But do, do you think this is a pivotal moment in the, the analyst core epoch? Yeah, I do think it's a pivotal moment. And I kind of disagree. I think the questions right before me were reiterating a lot of things that had been answered in the shareholder letter. And so I think it was just a perfect storm of Elon getting a little frustrated. I don't think the transition went as smoothly as it could. But you know, then I had 10 to 12 questions prepared from all of the shareholders who I solicited feedback and uh, information from. So then I just had the floor and, and decided to keep asking questions. They were providing value. 
Yeah, I mean, I've got so much to ask you. So you've got this YouTube channel. The channel's not making money, and I gather you've sold some of your Bitcoin investment to fund the channel. I mean, can I ask you how many? How many? I mean, how much of Bitcoin you owned, or what price you bought, or what price you've sold? Do you have any other cryptocurrencies? Uh, yeah, so I got into Bitcoin around five or six hundred and liquidated an average of about twelve thousand. And so I've been using those profits to fund hyperchange while we ramp revenue for now. Um, and currently, I do own one other crypto asset, which is Maker, which is uh, the governance token behind a stable coin. Fascinating. Can we just get back to the Tesla call for a moment? Because I'm wondering why you particularly wanted on the earnings call. I mean, if you're talking on behalf of shareholders, couldn't you have waited for a shareholder day or a, an annual, you know, meeting, which is where shareholders' voices are heard? The earnings call typically is for analysts. Yeah, I mean, I think of myself as sort of an analyst as well. And although shareholders do get a question to ask or do get the chance to ask questions at the shareholder meeting, you know, the quarterly conference calls are also for updates on the business and the sort of 12 to 18 month time frame. How open minded Elon Musk was and how forward thinking like this is to me why Elon Musk is the GOAT, because he's just so first principles like our retail shareholders want to ask us questions. The questions on the call suck. Who cares if this guy's 25? Who cares if we don't know who he is? Who cares if he only has 50 shares? Like, he's got some good ideas, so let's give him a shot. Like, that is so just, I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. That that just totally still blows my mind to this day. And I think that kind of like zero to one, just we do things differently at Tesla is like, that's a perfect microcosm for such a powerful piece of the cultural DNA of Tesla. Anyway, that happens. The channel blows up. And I remember my buddy Julian calls me. He's like, bro, like, this is sick. It's blowing up. And I'm like, dude, like if this didn't happen and we didn't have a viral moment, like I'm, I'm like back to looking for jobs, bro. Like I'm about to be a barista at Starbucks. Like it's over because I'm not making any money at this. But so that was just the kick I needed to like show me it worked. Um, and even before that, there was the Amazon Whole Foods, which we called, which gave us a little bit, but that was like, we were still in the 5,000 subscriber range. Bam, Elon happens up to 17,000 subscribers. And then the channel really started growing from there. Uh, the Patreon page and the YouTube ads, huge shout out to the Patreons uh, who make this channel possible. Um, and it became a self-fulfilling business. And then after basically having like investing all my money into this thing, um, and tying back to my snowball, like my snowball was like zero. I think I had like 10 or 15 grand in the bank. Um, after I had cashed out of all my investments, this was like my life savings, like a little bit of money for my grandpa and all the money I'd saved up from work. And so I was like, all right, this is what's left in my bank. And just at that moment, um, the six months worth of rent from Bitcoin and Tesla stock gave me this moment to where I could sort of get into the profitability for hyperchange and at least pay my bills. And then slowly from paying my bills, went to putting every incremental dollar I had, this is in 2019, into Tesla, eventually bought back all of my Tesla stock that I had sold and more, um, and just have slowly started rolling my snowball since then. So now it's gotten to the point where hyperchange can pay my bills, I can pay for rent, I can pay for the studio, I can pay for equipment, and there's a little bit of money left over every month that I can keep investing and rolling in my snowball. So that's kind of my personal like strategy and uh you know, why I'm doing this as a creator and why I think this is such an awesome career. Cause I think this is an unbelievable, op like to me, this is like my MBA almost like, I, you know, why would I go to some lame business school and learn about business when I could just start a business and disrupt an industry and start making money, get paid to learn, not pay, you know, and you know, it's crazy. Like now looking back, it's like, dude, this is not my MBA. This is like my lifetime, uh, you know, just 
this like hyper change to me and this is why i never like wanted investors i never wanted to like raise money and do a vc for it because to me hyper change is like the part of my brain that thinks about stocks and the future and the economy and investing and business and strategy and that'll always be part of who i am like i'm never gonna you know like warm up it bro till the day i die i'm invest i'm scheming like of course i just literally can't not scheme so to me that's what hyper change is um, and it's just been so incredible to me that just beyond being able to pay my bills, this is actually something that's like financially successful. I feel like I can start rolling my snowball. Um, and just the amount I'm learning has been even more than I expected. Like the ability to net, like whenever I make a video and having all of you comment on it, share your ideas, share your thoughts, share your insight, emails. Like there's, I owe like literally thousands of thank yous to all, like every single email you sent me, like even if I didn't reply, I probably read it and it got me scheming. Um, and I was probably too distracted to even reply because I was scheming so hard. So like, I've just been so appreciative of the people I met. Um, I met all of these people who honestly were like my idols that I feel like I, that, you know, Elon Musk, like an idol of mine, like Gene Munster was able to have him on the channel. Jason Calacanis read his book, got to interview him in his studio. He was so like Gene Munster and Jason Calacanis are two people I want to give a huge shout out to because they're like these big time, uh, you know, amazing people. And I think what doesn't go said is like, they're actually great people who like kind of saw me hustling, saw me trying and gave me a chance and like helped me out and gave me advice and were came on as guests on my show. So um, just kind of at every little turn, hyperchange is surprised. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like not say too much because there's so many conversations I have like off the record that I can't really talk about or share that are just, that are just, I don't, it's just unbelievable the networking um, and the opportunity that you have once you get in this space and start kind of like, you know, reaching the, I don't know. Anyway, the, the point is like, um, I guess, the, and the balance I'm struggling with now is sort of like, you know, what is hyperchange? The show is me documenting, you know, all the companies I'm studying with, all the people I'm meeting. Um, and, but I'm not really like a YouTuber. Like I'm, I, I suck at cameras. I suck at audio, the lighting, the set, like this isn't my job. Like my job is to like research companies all day, talk to all of these amazing people that I'm networking with, scheming with them constantly. Um, and I just think the, the real full-time job that I have is just researching what the hell is happening in the world of hyperchange, which companies are changing the world. Like, like uh, last week, I think I had 20 hours of phone calls about Apple, Tesla, from people who are working there, from people who are in the know about those companies, just scheming about what is Apple doing, uh, how has their relationship with Tesla changed over the years, what about the failed M&A efforts. So this is a lot of the stuff I'm, I, it's, and so there's just so much. So I guess, so that's kind of like my balance right now is to figure out how to keep like the investment and research and idea wheels turning while also cranking up that content knob. And frankly, I think I, I like value, uh, you know, production value, uh, audio quality, video quality, graphics, editing, amount of content. Um, all of that is, a, I'm trying to crank both knobs at once, getting better at researching, getting better at, at actually understanding the forefront of technologies and company, companies changing our world, and also how to communicate that in the most high quality way with different pieces of content. Does that mean I should be on TikTok? Does that mean I should be on Instagram? You know, is YouTube outdated? What about formatting this for a podcast? Like, I feel like I don't get to allocate enough time to that because it's the full-time job is really investing and doing the homework. Um, so that's something I always struggle with, but that's kind of why I make my video now because I've really, it's taken me a, a while, but I think I'm really in a, this better place of like, I just got this studio, which to me for grinding for like three years out of my bedroom basically, and to now have finally enough money, like I moved to Seattle from New York, so I kind of have more resources um, and like my, you know, rent per dollar of square foot is way better. So I can actually have a room that's my studio. And I just think that alone, which seems so small and like this kind of minor thing um, is just unlocking creativity and and uh, the way I create in such a huge way. That So like 
having the new space is huge. Having the budget now to start investing in better cameras, better audio, um, and figuring out slowly and being able to work with this guy, uh, Devin. Actually, might as well give him a shout out now. I'm calling him Young Spielberg. Devin, he helped me shoot my Model Y review. We've got two videos in editing right now that are incredible. Um, and I've been partnering with him. He's just, I call him Young Spielberg as a nickname because I think he's so awesome at talent. But like he just came in, was in the studio, helped me figure out how to get the cameras, the angles, the lighting we're going to do. And so now I'm, I'm able to have the resources to have these people on my team that can help me to make up the quality of the content so I can still focus on the research. So I think we're just at this huge, huge inflection point right now that's been like a year in the works. Of It started with the rebrand where I wanted to rebrand. Um, and I got to give a huge shout out to Anthony, who is uh, the designer who helped me, who made the logo that mine melded with Elon, I guess, for the Tesla tequila bottle. And uh, just worked through countless hours of iterations and scheming and helping me do a thumbnail redesign. And he's just been an amazing creative person to bounce ideas off of. And he helped me for months scheming on logos. We probably went through so many logos, thousands of little lightning bolts um, to come to this new pink hyperchange uh, lightning bolt logo. And honestly, after it was all said and done, I felt like I put in, like I was tweeting about it. And I was like, I'm hyperchanging, hyperchange, da, da, da. And people were like, dude, like we want just the schemes from the show and your ideas and the content. Like we don't care about the branding and the this and the that and the quality, which I really appreciate. And I feel like that was a good wake up moment for me of like not trying to overthink um, what hyperchange is and get back to the roots of like the content, the good stuff. And I, I think I almost got like lost in the sauce a little bit as Tesla blew up, as I became like a YouTuber. Now I'm making money for YouTube and people are recognizing me in Whole Foods from YouTube. And I'm like, I'm the Tesla guy. Like, I feel like I just got lost in that sauce and was not a, a little bit and was not honing in on that focus of like, what is hyperchange? Like I'm making a lot less Tesla content now, which definitely hurts my views, definitely hurts my subs, definitely hurts my revenue, but that's not my job to make clickbait Tesla videos. My job is to think about the future, to document my investing journey and to be ahead of the curve. Like when I was making Tesla videos three or four years ago, nobody cared about Tesla. And I think the things I'm making videos about today are the same thing. And so that same, you know, and my job is really to lead, not follow. And and so that's kind of this big re renew calibration I've had is like, let's refocus um, let's put the resources to where they matter. And so that being said, I'm still trying to up the quality and the production of everything. But I think I've recently in the past couple months was like, dude, why are you putting so much time and energy? And then I almost wanted to rebrand the rebrand because I'm like, oh, this pink lightning bolt. Do I love it? Is it actually the thing? Like, I feel like I could overthink things forever. Um, and I actually, some of my friends are going to kill me for saying this and probably Anthony, the designer, but I have this new idea of how to like blend the retro boxy hyperchange font of the orange with the lightning bolt logo um, in this kind of boxy lightning bolt way, which is a rebrand idea I had. But then I was like, honestly, like, what am I doing? I'm getting distracted, lost in the sauce, like focus on the content. But this is always something I struggle with um, as a creator. But uh, I don't know. I'm really excited to be able to have a studio where it's 24 seven, always on, no off time. I can create whenever I want. Um, I think that is the biggest unlock that matters in everything else. And having the, the it always set up means I can always have a good camera. I can always have a good mic. And then I can have a guest there. I don't know, I'm, I'm you know, and obviously like I said this before, a huge inspiration from Joe Rogan, uh, just from the like, you know, the way he's pioneered this long form content medium. I think it's fascinating and that's something I really want to emulate with my sort of free-flowing long-form content with interviews. So that's something I try to do and that's a big reason I set up this studio too is once COVID's over, this is like a two-person studio in person. It's going to have a dope background. We're going to have like it's the lighting, the camera, the angles. It's going to be the perfect like high-budget two-person studio. So we can have these guests come in. We can have these amazing scheme sessions, document them with incredible quality. Um, that's something I really, really want to work on. Um, 
But honestly, at the end of the day, what I'm most excited about for HyperChange and uh, and bringing you sort of the latest in technology and what I'm scheming is just the kind of snowball of not capital, but of network effect of the channel. Like the bigger the channel gets, the bigger the guests we have, the more people are watching, the more people that are giving me ideas, it just helps the content be better. Um, and now the fact that I can reach out to any CEO and be like, yo, I'm interested. Here's my channel. Look at our subs. Look at our engagement. Look at how awesome you all are. Um, and let's do something with content. Can I invest? Um, you know, there's all these sort of new, conversations and ideas and avenues that are opening up as the channel grows. And that is so, so exciting to me. Um, and I still feel like we're super, super duper in the early days of, of kind of what's going on because, you know, Tesla was a huge first step of the channel. And I felt like I put so much of my passion and time into Tesla because the story wasn't being communicated. Uh, people didn't understand it. They didn't get it. Um, and we needed Tesla to succeed for the climate emissions trajectory of humans to, to be somewhere that I was comfortable with living my life, you know, like I just felt like Tesla succeeding in their business model, getting the Model 3 out, getting the Model Y out, getting the profitability was such a big, exciting moment. Um, and now that that's kind of happened, like my intellectual fascination with Tesla, like there's still like this incredibly, you know, innovative R&D powerhouse of a company, you know, what they're going to do with the energy grid, Cybertruck, Semi-Truck, VTOL, um, I don't know. I think that's all incredibly fascinating, but somehow from the business perspective, like they're profitable now. Everybody believes in Tesla. It's not a contrarian take to say they will succeed. And so now I'm thinking about where is the next 10 Teslas being built? What are the next, you know, SpaceX is something I'm spending a lot of time on now, uh, researching and thinking about, because I think that company is going to really start accelerating hyper change. Then you have companies like, you know, Carta, which I love what they're doing in the financial um, system, you know, softwares eating lawyers and the ability to transact in private markets. Um, I think there's so much fascinating stuff happening there. Impossible foods, just thinking how can we make a more sustainable food system, uh, genetics, diseases, um, really understanding the genome and thinking about all of the innovations in biotech that that will unlock. Um, I just think art and real estate are kind of meeting in the middle for a huge opportunity of sort of like new era city planning, maybe without cars, with electric vehicles. I think all of our cities look super ugly. We need more art. We need more brilliant architecture. We need to be more sustainable. So I see a lot of building infrastructure initiatives um, that could be a potential for hyper change. Um, I also see like this homeless crisis that's happening in, in, you know, all over the country. Not enough people are talking about it. And I think you know, maybe it'll get better when the Rona subsides, but I think we need to really start thinking about how to tackle these problems. The uh, inequ inequity of wealth distribution is, you know, I don't see that stopping. I just see that continuing. And so I think there's just so many new, like politics, what's going on in our political system. Like, I just think there's so many interesting, different, crazy, big, unsolved, hairy problems out there that I'm like trying to dig my hands into and get involved with the companies fixing them, the entrepreneurs working on them, you know, not even just companies, entrepreneurs, but like, I want to start getting in with politicians, you know, just thought leaders, um, uh, just different sort of people, um, healthcare professionals, different experts in different fields. But anyway, I'm just kind of spouting off, but I see a lot of potential there. Um, and then in terms of other projects I'm scheming, I want to do a book uh, called HyperGuap that is going to be all about my investing philosophy, how I pick companies, how I analyze companies. That's something I've been working on for, I don't know, 15 years at this point, And I want to make into like this incredibly high quality, beautiful Bible um, that I think I only, like, I don't know, I had this idea to only print like 10,000 copies or like a thousand copies. And that's the only physical thousand copies that will ever exist. We can maybe even tokenize it. Shout out to Mike. And you can trade the token, but then everything else would be digital because I don't really believe in printing paper on something unless it's really going to be a piece of art that people are going to cherish. So 
I don't know. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked with that, but I want to launch that book. I want to launch another book of me talking about Tesla, explaining the Tesla investment from my story, you know, my meetings with unnamed billion dollar hedge fund managers telling me I'm going to throw my career away. Um, all the crazy, I don't know. I, I don't want to give it too much away. There's so many crazy parts of the Tesla story I wasn't able to talk about on the channel um, that I can really put in a book and sum up just how incredible this this miracle of capitalism was of Tesla succeeding. But so I have two book ideas I want to do. Um, I have like a crazy, I have like two sitcom show ideas of like really high budget produced sitcoms that I want to write the scripts on. So that's kind of another way that I think Hyperchange can expand into more pop culture and content and like like I want to make the number one show on Netflix. How do I do that? So how, how can Hyperchange produce that show? But it's a show that educates people as much as it inspires and entertains them. And so um, I don't know. I'm I'm so pumped because I'm like, dude, like the, what we've done with zero resources, like such a low budget, me selling my stocks to, to pay for this shit. And now it's like the flywheels turning, Tesla stocks going up, my investments are doing well. I get a little bit of money each month to add to my snowball. Like I am just getting ready to just come up with way bigger schemes and really expand this platform um, and take it to the next level. And I just, I, th that's what gets me so excited. And when I'm, I think a lot of these ideas are big. A lot of them may never happen, um, but that's really some things I'm working on. Also, in terms of just granular stuff for the show, you may have noticed my Starlink video. And this video has like hyperchange number 10 with the bolt. So if you go back on the old hyperchanges, you'll see I used to label the episodes like hyperchange this, hyperchange that, number eight, number nine. Um, but I stopped. And I kind of wanted to restart it because I think I've been thinking through so much of my channel branding, which is absolute garbo right now. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I've, I have the worst ADD and dyslexia. Like my dyslexia is not bad. My ADD, I feel like is just horrible because, and you can see in my thumbnails, like every single thumbnail I make looks like it was like like some guy in a pitch meeting was like, here's going to be our new thumbnail strategy. Here's the first one. It's experimental. And then every one of that is like a different thumbnail strategy. And you're like, God, these are hideous. I know. And I've come up with a new strategy of like, why am I trying to force it and do the content? Like the content is me scheming in my room. That's the show, the podcast, Hyperchange. That is the main show. Um, and that's kind of just the bread and butter of the channel. So I should call that Hyperchange because I don't know, I just want to. So I'm getting back to that kind of channel branding. And then I think that'll make other videos that I do that stand out more. Like so many videos I do, like Pure Watercraft, Bumblebee Spaces, these inc incredible videos where it takes me, you know, a full day to shoot it. Uh, maybe with a crew to help me shoot or like a homie to help me shoot it. Then it takes me another three full days to edit it. Like I'm putting like 40 hours in this video versus like eight hours into a Tesla video that's in my room, but you know, one-tenth the amount of people watch it because it gets lost in the branding. And so, and I think it's just not Tesla, but, um, but so I'm trying to, I'm trying, I think I can do a lot better job of visually commuting, communicating my content with thumbnails and stuff. And so that's something I'm really thinking about. Um, a lot because I want to do the channel justice and like it kills me that I have some people like Turner Novak on the channel shout out to Turner one of my buddies who's like one of the most brilliant up-and-coming VCs in the world like just crushing it exploding on Twitter just like a genius kind of VC startup thought leader that I think everybody should be paying attention to he's like my age he's just got an incredible career ahead and we do these collabs and like nobody watches them my fans don't watch them his fans don't watch them and I don't know how to thumbnail them and it just kills me because I'm like dude this is gold like we're analyzing TikTok like the world's most important company in so many levels right now from the social media zeitgeist perspective and it gets no views and nobody cares anyway that, so that that grinds my gears because I want to give people like him uh justice for their ideas and their and give them a platform and that, that's what I changes for so that's why I want to redo my branding to to give the content justice um I mean, and to be honest, like, 
I think I've definitely not been putting out enough content in the past couple of weeks or, or month. And I think it's just moving has been hard, honestly. And I've been a little bit, it's, you know, moving across country, setting up an entirely new HQ by myself. Like I'm spending like half the time building furniture. You know what I mean? Like I suck at building furniture. Like, and that's what I'm doing. Like ordering like a bed on Amazon. Like, I don't know what I'm doing with that. So I'm wasting all this time doing this. But once it's set up, it's going to be incredible. But I realized that like setting up a new HQ from scratch um, and running my media channel and launching a VC firm all by myself is like probably biting off more than I can chew. But now the VC firm and the moving are about to be done. So I can really just, and now the studio work is getting setting up. So we're getting into this big inflection point moment of where I can just hit the ground running and start pumping out all this amazing content for y'all. It's just a lot of work goes into behind the scenes of that. And with HyperGuap, like HyperGuap is going so well and I'm so excited about it, but I can't help but feel like, you know, HyperGuap is my private investment syndicate for the HyperChange community. If you're a credit investor, you can apply, uh, basically do the startup deals I was doing. I've been, I've written like 10 or 15 startup checks that I can't even really talk about. And some of them are so small, some of them don't matter, but I've been learning so much and I just want, and honestly, the quality of deals I was getting into was so good that I wanted to share that with you. Um, but the problem is with the legal regulations, I can only share that with credit investors who are rich people basically. And so I feel like I love HyperGuap and I love what I'm doing there, but it kind of disappoints me that it's taking away energy from HyperChange and that it's really only making like pretty, like my richest followers even richer. And then, so I don't like that. Um, and it's kind of goes against my ethos in some ways, but on the flip side, like I'm, I'm I don't have money really. Like I, I got my Tesla stock, we're just killing it. But like, I want a huge amount of capital to really accelerate my snowball because I have huge things to create. Like I'm that guy who has like 10 business ideas. The second I get like 10 million in my bank account, I'm writing like 8 million of it as checks for like this warehouse, that warehouse. I need to do that scheme. I'm buying this film guy to make this show for me. Like I have so many ideas um, of kind of my next thing with my capital, but I need to get my capital to the next step. And frankly, like making a little bit of extra money every month and investing it in stocks has been crushing it, but it's not, my snowball is not rolling fast enough. And so that's why I launched HyperGuap because I want to, you know, A, allow my subscribers who can invest in these deals, invest in them. It's definitely better than these lame VCs investing in the deals. So I think that's better, but I get my carry. If we win and hit home runs at HyperGuap, which I hope happens, then I will get paid in carry, which will be a game-changing way to monetize uh, the audience of HyperChange, and that'll give me that dry powder to do all of this other crazy stuff. And so um, that's kind of my my motto with HyperGuap now. And um, I don't know. I'm still thinking it through. Um, everything's a learning a learning experience here. But on the flip side, I gotta say I'm I'm so excited about yeah. The other thing I'm so proud of is been HyperCharts. Um, huge shout out to Mo, who is the CEO of HyperCharts and runs it from day to day. Uh, HyperCharts, I think it's just over two years old now. We got way over 100 companies. I still use it. Like I think I'm still like the number one user on HyperCharts, me and Mo. Like I check it constantly. Um, but just this idea that we've made it easier to do investment research and the amount of notes I get about HyperCharts, um, it just makes me really happy and proud that I feel like we've been able to build, you know, use HyperChange to build a resource that everybody can access and that... Um, to me, frankly, is still the best way to understand a company's financials, the simplest way to cut through a noise. The first thing I do when I hear about any company is look them up on hypercharts. So um, I don't know. I'm really excited to, as I get more resources, keep pushing all these really cool initiatives we have. Um, and that's why, honestly, I kind of want to end, end this just by doing a bunch of shout outs because that to me is the part that's most exciting and I, I, I want to be thankful for is just the opportunity. I feel so, so lucky to be able to do the show and have all you watch and this incredible community behind me. Any scheme I have, I post a video. You are scheming. I know y'all are scheming. I, I can hear you scheming. I have CEOs that are running hundreds of millions of dollars 
companies and they're like, bro, the comments on your videos are in, are fire, incredibly insightful. Like the investor, you couldn't even, you know, people are scheme, people know how good your schemes are. That's what I'm saying. Like I, you know, it makes me so proud that the hyper, the hyper guap community is so awesome. The hyper charts people, the hyper change commenters, like just uh, in an era when the internet is a place where there's negativity, there's hate, there's not good discussion, everything's like a dumpster fire when you talk about an online platform, you know, YouTube comments, they're like the original online dumpster fire and we are killing it with analysis, um, scheming. Um, I know some of y'all set up a Discord chat for HyperGuap that I wasn't able to follow up on, but I loved, I'm thinking of new ways about how to generate sort of a new community platform for us because um, I just think there's so many good ideas and we have one of the world's best communities of just sharp, forward-thinking people who are pumped about the future for the right reasons you know, investing in the right way in sustainable companies that are going to make the world better. And so even though it just seems like kind of a YouTube channel, I got a Twitter, I got a Patreon, like I really view HyperChange as so much more of that as this incredibly alive community with so many incredible people and ideas. Um, and I just want to keep it growing because I think this is exactly what the world needs, like an open source think tank of ideas about how we can make the future doper um, from people who are not really just motivated by money, but we're just talking about it for free and, and helping people learn. Like, I don't know, I'm just... I've uh, I've just been blown away at at the quality. Like I feel like I've met the smartest people I could have ever smarter than I've ever imagined just through hyperchange. I, just yesterday, I got this email. From, I got a DM from some guy with a Gandalf uh, picture in his avatar who sends me like eight paragraphs about Starlink. All these articles, the best Starlink analysis I've ever seen. I hit him back. I'm like, Yo, you got time for a call? What's up? Like, who the hell are you? He's got like no followers. He's back. He's like, Dude, I'm a 19 year old student from India. Like, I already told you what I'm scheming. Like, peace doesn't even have to, like, I don't even know, but I was like, wow, like just, um, th these notes I get are so incredible and inspiring. And so, um, I just feel really blessed about that and wanted to just give a huge shout out to the Patreon's, uh, supporters supporting the channel. Um, I feel like I do the newsletter, which is a, a, you know, a slice of my mind every week. I personally write every single word of the newsletter every single Monday. I sit down. I What am I scheming? I want to send it to my Patreons. Um, I know there's some typos sometimes, even though I, I always pre-fruit it, but I'm like horrible at typos. Just my brain isn't good at catching them. So sorry about that. But um, and then we've been redoing the Patreon outro, which I'm really excited about. Just we're going to do a new one each month. And this month we didn't, we were kind of rushed, so it wasn't as dope, but going like I just want to do something special for the Patreon producers. So I'm trying to, I'm like scheming on like a really cool animation to make for all of the Patreon um, producers that, and we're going to keep making it better and new each month. So that's, that's something I have up my sleeve. And I also am going to up, um, I think I'm going to kind of make a big investment to make the newsletter better and as well as the credits better, like I'm talking about. And then we're going to up the Patreon prices, but everyone's, I always keep everyone locked in who's already a Patreon so that won't go up for you. Um, but I'm just telling you that you're getting a steal right now. No, but um, yeah, honestly, I just feel, uh, I, I, I really scheming on different ways about how to give back to the Patreons and just the viewers of the channel because I really owe it all to you. So I'm constantly, like I put it on the audio version on Spotify. I know that was a big thing y'all were asking about. We're on every podcast platform now. One thing that I'm really looking forward to is merch. Um, I hate, you know, Steve Jobs said the world doesn't need another crappy product. I cannot agree more with that. And I especially think that with merch, the world does not need another shitty screen printed t-shirt. So if I'm going to launch merch, it's not going to be merch. It's going to be fashion. It's going to be sustainable. It's going to be dope. It's going to be collectible. It's going to be priceless. It's going to be timeless. Um, and it's just going to, it's not, I, you know, and it should, that, that's taking, honestly, my stubbornness with not wanting to launch shitty merch has made me basically not launch merch up until this point, but I'm going to get there. And this is actually why I got this on the other side of this wall is like a room that basically to store all my merch. And so that's another big reason why I'm moving from New York City so epic because now I have spot to store my merch, 
uh, spot to do the studio. Like this is all kind of coming together to to really be the full vision of, of what Hyperchange set out to be. So many shout outs because like, I, you know, Hyperchange is my baby. Like I created it. It's this word I came up with in college about how to define the new era. You know, why the PE ratio wasn't a good way to value stocks anymore. At 15 PE didn't matter because we're in this new thing called Hyperchange. Company is growing faster than ever. Everyone's connected. 8 billion people. Maybe we should look at things a little differently. So the, you know, hyperchange has like, it's just, and I, and I never trademarked it. I never copyrighted it. I don't want to, I want it to be a word that everybody uses. I want it to be a term that we, we talk about when we talk about this era, what it was, the era of hyperchange companies doing this, they're hyperchanging an industry. Like I didn't want to trademark it because I wanted it to be a new word that people use. Cause I thought it was awesome. Um, but really like, so it's kind of been me along this journey of of babying this idea of hyperchange and just creating content around it and exploring it and diving deep into that. But in so much, it's like that would so not have been possible without all my friends, without all my family, without a few really key people helping. Of course, I, you know, I, I've already said how much I love y'all, but um, the audience is really who I, who I owe it all to. But honestly, there's just some people I got to give shout outs to behind the scenes. Um, I, first shout out probably First shout out I got to give, K-Bone, my buddy Kevin. You've probably seen him in so many videos um, in the early days. Um, he's just, he's like my best friend from college. We were, we were like down the hall back at NYU. He's an incredible photographer and video guy. Like he didn't like, you know, and we were just best friends hanging out one day and I'm on like uh, hyperchange number four or something. Jones Soda is my favorite stock. And we're looking for the Sour Patch Jones Soda candy. And then uh, the Sour Patch Jones Soda flavored limited edition soda was going to launch with 7-Eleven. It was going to change the company. So me and him were like going to 7-Eleven just after meeting up. Like we're chilling on our cold brews. Like, you know, what's up, bro? Dude, 7-Eleven. Should we go check out the, uh, the, the, the soda aisle and see if the Jones is in there? And then we're like, oh my God. Lo and behold, the Jones Soda watermelon uh, Sour Patch Soda is here. So... We like buy it, we sprint home. Kevin's like my most artistic friend, has all the cool cameras, amazing at videos, at photography. He makes music, he's in a band pool Cosby. He's just like, he's a painter. He's just like this unbelievably creative uh, artistic person. And so he's like, bro, like let's make a video. So we make a video, we buy the candy, we buy the soda, we do a taste test. He makes a custom song and beat on the spot that night for the video. Um, and we just put together this little episode and we were like, dude, that was so fun. And welcome to Hyperchange episode five, Jones Soda Taste Test. I am here with a very special guest, Kevin <laughs> Cuff from Pool Thank Cosby. You. Thank you. On the Instagram hashtag Jones Soda, a new product popped up, Sour Patch Kids Soda. We got the candy version right here as well. We're gonna do a side-by-side -side comparison. Very cool cap, custom. Way more premium than the last 7-Eleven Jones product that they put out. Every time you go to the movies, Sour Patch Kids, watermelon, the best. Absolute best. I mean, how would they even put something like that into beverage form? Um, that started this kernel of like Kevin coming on, helping me as creative director, helping me launch the channel, make videos for like the first two years, didn't get paid a dime. I paid him in hyperchange stock because I had no money because um, we were broke and he was like, bro. And Kevin was like, he was like, dude, I don't, I don't under quite understand what we're doing here. I'm not going to lie, but like, I believe in you, Gally. And I just think this is dope. And like, I believe in you and let's do it. And so I don't know. There's a lot of people like that, that hyperchange, like 
that just hyper change would have never happened if those it wouldn't be what it was if those moments hadn't happened and then uh kevin we went to shanghai we we uh to scheme on tesla actually twice and we went to um the shareholder meeting like he came to sf he made videos with me like just doing all this just grass work groundwork behind the scenes hustling um i just and just fun like it was just so much more fun meeting up with kevin like once or twice a week to make videos than doing it by myself and we just yes yeah, so those are priceless memories I have and I owe Kbone a huge thank you he's got some hyperchange stock but probably not you know that's not I feel like it's like for your homie to just work for free for stock for some random shit you're working on like that that takes a special homie for sure so I owe I owe Kevin such a big shout out but <clears throat> and to be honest luckily like He's just Kevin's one of of many homies. Like he was the only kind of official like official hyperchange helper um, out of my homies. But then you got like my best friend Julian, Jay Filchi. Of course, y'all know him. He's uh, like my best friend since third grade. You know, Jay Filchi. I'm I'm waiting for him to come over right now so he can have try some of the Tesla tequila because that's how much FOMO he has. So, uh, but like you know, he didn't and he wasn't even getting paid or stock or anything for hyperchange. He was just like, dude, like I'm like you know, that homie who's scheming with you at all times, who's bouncing ideas with, who's probably spent, you know, thousands of hours with me, like till two in the morning, just kicking Mac ideas about hyper change, scheming on stocks, scheming on business. Um, so, you know, I would, Jay Filch already knows how important he is, but I owe him a huge shout out. And he's always that homie who's down, like, you know, I don't, he's not like on the crew, he's not on the team, but he'll be like, yo, it's like, yo, we're doing this video. Can you be here and hold the camera? Can you be there and just chill? Can you be there and do this? Like, he's always down, always shows up. You can't like Wow. <clears throat> Getting a little emotional. No. But seriously, yeah, I, I, I can't thank uh, you know, Jay Filchi enough. Legend legend. Um and many of you know him. Like if you all y'all met me, if you see me in the wild, I'm probably with Kevin or Julian, you know, so many times. And um and the other thing I did, which I think is epic, is there was so many other people that helped me out with hyperchange. Leo, I mentioned my roommate, one of my best boys from NYU also, him and he was my roommate, you know, just like the same thing. Like every single night coming home, scheming me, giving me ideas. He's like, bro, do you see what Google did? What do you think about Waymo? What do you see about this news? Like check out this new interview, like just constantly scheming. And those ideas were such a like engine of just innovation and creativity um that helped hyper change and so many of my friends like I, I have like I put 15 of my friends on the board of advisors and gave them like a tiny bit of stock just because they all helped in some way and I thought that was a cool way to give back like you didn't have to earn it you didn't invest it I didn't tell you I was gonna do it I just gave all my homies a little bit of stock because they helped and I think that's super important and like um yeah so I have like 15 homies like my, my best friend Jesse from growing up, you know, also there scheming with me, constantly giving me ideas. Um, I'm still waiting on him to give me some more merch ideas. Jay Clerk, get on that. Um, but uh, just so many, man, I got like, I'm trying to think of all the people on my board advisors. Omid, my buddy Omid, who has helped me with my legal stuff. My cousin Butnik, who's also on the Hyperchange legal team, uh, who is a lawyer. He's awesome. Josh and my little sister was on the Hyperchange legal team. She's also, I got to give a huge shout out to Reezy because... My little sister just always been there for me. I remember I first called her when I was going to do hyper change full time. She's like, are you sure, Gally? She's like, I'll support you. But like, I don't think this is a good idea. Like, and I'm like, yep, like, love you too, Re. So Reezy's been amazing. She helped me to like post all my Facebook links for like the first months just because she's a homie. 
Um, and so, you know, my family has been so supportive. My dad, my mom, just so supportive. My dad actually, um, there's one investor in HyperChange, which is my mentor, Sam. I, that's my, his anonymous name. Cause I don't know, leaving it anonymous, but he's been just a huge mentor for me, uh, since way before HyperChange. And I feel like I'm almost cheating because I can call, I feel like I can call like this, like basically Gandalf of the investing world, just such a legend and through so much stuff, you know, I'm like, do I want to board, join the board of Arkimoto? What's good with that? How should I think about a board seat? What's that going to entail? How's that going to change my career trajectory? You know, and just having someone to pick up the phone with, whether it's talk about that, talk about life, just scheme about um, the future and just lessons in business. Do business with a handshake. Do it with people you trust. I do handshake deals. That's my favorite way to do business. Not involve lawyers. Do a handshake deal with people I trust and like, which is totally counterintuitive. But that's why I work on trust, authenticity, on honesty. You screw me over, we won't do business again. That's why HyperGuap was so hard for me because I had to get my dope lawyers involved, do it all by the book, which is totally not what I'm used to. But um, there's just been so many priceless lessons from uh, Sam, like, you know, have fun. If we're not having fun, why are we doing it? And just, just a really good person. He's someone I hope I can interview sometime for the channel because he's just got really special, incredible person who's always, and he was the angel investor for HyperChange. So I also needed to raise money, but I was like, bro, I'm never going to be able to pay you back. Probably. I don't know how this is going to work. It's super risky. It's not a business I want to sell. It's not a VC business. We're not going to raise money. I have no idea how you're going to get your money back. Um, and he still believed in me and still gave me a little check and, that was huge. And that was like the angel funding that helped us get us through that early rough patch. Um, even before I had to sell my Bitcoin and Tesla and really get us launched and give me the time to really get the channel off the ground. And then my back to my dad, huge shout out, love my dad, who's also one of my best friends and someone I scheme with constantly. But, and then my dad's like, wait, you're letting him invest? Like, how are you not, I'm your dad. How are you not going to let me invest a tiny amount? So then he gave me, he like joined the round with the tiny amount too, just got FOMO'd. I was like, fine, dad, like, if you're going to be annoying about it. And of course, my dad's like the most annoying person. Like, I think he called me like a month later. He's like, how's my investment doing? <laughs> but joking. But anyway, um, yeah. So there's just been so many people like that behind the scenes. Um, you know, Maddie Mogul, Rob Maurer, the Tesla Money Mafia. Um, they're just two, two awesome, amazing people um, that I just think, yeah, we've just had so many priceless schemes, epic times at Maddie Mogul's cabin, epic trips to New York. Um, I hope I get to see those homies again soon. And, um, I don't know. There's also so many, like third row is also a group. I feel like I owe a huge shout out to like soft, put in so much work to put together the third row, edit it. I mean, Vincent, K10, Omar, uh, Viv, I, the third row is just holds a really special place in my heart because, um, you know, us going down to Om like to Elon's house about a year ago today, like I'm in the car, I think it was like Omar was whipping, Kristen's in the front seat, I'm in the back. We're just whipping on autopilot to to Elon's house on the on the you know LA highways. Um that was just in, with like six of my best friends, you know. And that was just one of my just such a priceless memory. And that's just like the perfect example of you meeting all these incredible people who are like so like all those people I just think are such amazing people that I hope to have friends for life um, that I met through. Yeah, I don't know. I just like, and, it, and it's so exciting. Like, I'm even thinking of Viv, like, or Viv, I, I don't know. I, I always fuck up how I say her name, but like started from the bottom. Like, I feel like when I met her, she had like no followers, like was just so nerdy in it for the right reasons. Like Elon's changing the world. That's dope. Tesla's changing the world. That's so dope. Like, I'm just a fan of this. I want to be on the front lines of it. Um, and now she's like totally blown up on Twitter. Elon follows her. Like, 
just kind of going viral as a tweet fluencer, which I think is so cool to watch. And that's happened for like Vincent with Tasmanian, my favorite like Tesla news site now. He, and I have his floor mats, my Model Y. Like, I'm just so happy to see that kind of blossom and him kind of blow up as this thought leader of Tesla China and honestly of Tesla and SpaceX as a whole um, with what he's doing with Tasmanian. Um, Sof, I got to meet him. He's like so into the track and just the most, honestly, like the nicest, like I still thought Sof was like a CIA, CIA agent because I was like, dude, this guy is too nice. Like he's too friendly and too kind. That's how nice and like he's, he's just like the most genuine, uh, nicest dude you could ever meet. Um, and like, yeah, I don't know. The third row is really like a family to me. And then you got Omar, who's just such a like schemer. Like I, I can't even explain it. Just the wildest schemer. Um, you're going to talk to him. You're going to have like so many different ideas. Um, I don't know. K10. <sighs> yeah, I just had, I, you know, I, I just love all those people. And so anyway, the third row, I'm getting sidetracked. Got to give a huge shout out to them. Honestly, while I'm at it, like Elon, Elon, dude, I mean, bro, like, I don't know. I think Elon's the coolest CEO in the world by far. And just, it's hard for me to put into words, like just how special of a person he is because of how hard he works, how smart he is, how much of science and physics he understands, how special his brain is, and how he's just directed all of that energy and potential and talent into making the world better. If I genuinely think of aliens, we're going to send someone down to help us. It would look like Elon Musk. That's why Larry Page said, if he dies, don't give my money to charity, give it to Elon. Like, I think there's a huge misconception of how important Elon is to the future of us as humans and inspiring us for a better future and building a better future and showing us how to be entrepreneurs in the right way, showing us what matters in business, showing us how to build a company in a sustainable way thinking of all stakeholders, thinking that we all have a place in the world. It just kills me that people call him a billionaire. They think he's selfish. It's just a lack of education that leads to those views because if you actually knew what Elon did, who he was, how hard he worked, what he was doing it for, you wouldn't be able to talk because he's doing so much more than you that it's like, bro, what have you done? You know? Anyway, I'm just, I'm trying to keep positive, honestly, because I feel like Elon is just such an uh, incredible dude and feel like blessed to even just be a shareholder in his companies and just watch his companies. And the fact that I've got to meet him a couple times and shake his hand, like, dude is one of the nicest, kindest, chillest, just smartest, like genuinely nice, good people I've ever met. And to, 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 to stay like that, despite all the success, like, dude, I mean, I love Elon. He's incredible. Um, can't give him a big enough shout out. Um, but the whole Tesla team really like Martin Vieca, uh, the head of IR dude, Martin is so awesome. So smart. So just passionate, like just fun. Um, every conversation I have with him, I feel like I'm laughing. We're chilling. Like, I don't know. He's just, um, him and Elon have really had an open mind to doing, you know, interfacing with a YouTuber and my network, giving me the tour of the Fremont factory, giving me the institutional tour of Gigafactory, um, answering my phone calls and being able to allowing me to share that information with you and help get the word out. I mean, this has been an incredible um, partnership with Tesla. I feel like so lucky to have been able to communicate with them and then share it with you. And I think so much of that goes down to the open-mindedness and forward thinking and just A plus caliber of Martin and his team. Uh, shout out to Travis, who's on Martin's team too, and Elon. Shout out to Zach Kirkhorn, who I don't even know. I met him once in like the Model Y unveiling was like, doc, we need to raise capital. And then they were like, all right, get this kid away. Like, don't tell him. <laughs> I'm like, I can hear see him whispering in Zach's ear. Like, don't tell this kid anything. He's going to put it on his YouTube channel. <laughs> so I never got to meet Zach really, but he seemed like he's just a badass and a savage and an incredible CFO. And him and, uh, fuck, I'm blanking on the, the, the CFO's name who he um, took over from. But anyway, Tesla, incredible. Um, 
I mean, just everybody that works at Tesla and everybody I met there, I feel like I owe a huge, huge thank you to. And I feel like I, we, we all do because you guys are crushing it and going to change the world. Then, of course, I got to give a huge shout out to Arkimoto. I mean, there's not many CEOs who are going to bet their multi-million dollar fortune they made themselves and just hustle hard to start an electric vehicle company. And Mark Fronmeyer is one of them. And I just was such a skeptic of Arkimoto and just thought it was so weird and like, what is this thing? And now it's totally changed. I've gained such an appreciation for the company. Um, I'm on the board of directors and it's just to see all that come full circle, for them to give me a chance, for them to be open-minded. The boldness and newness of what Arkimoto has done cannot be understated. And I just think I love that, that chutzpah. And so huge shout out to Arkimoto. Everyone I met at Arkimoto is epic. Um... Oh, I actually forgot when I was doing the Elon Tesla shoutouts, I met May Musk and Kimball when we were doing the third row and Omid, um, who is one of Elon's like kind of assistants. He works for Tesla, I think. Dude, they're so cool. Like honestly, like May and Kimball, just like such genuinely nice, cool people as well. Um, I don't know. That's just really refreshing. And Omid is honestly the homie too. Shout out to him because he's just a cool guy. We, I, we like ran in, I don't know. I, I randomly ran into him in Palo Alto and just skiing with him. And I was like, dude, I feel like we could be homies. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. There's so many other creators that I want to thank. Like the Now You Know team, grinding with them from the grassroots. Ben Solens giving me a shot at TeslaCon. Just like being my older brother, just kind of like giving me insight, giving me advice. Like so early on, um, I just, I you know, huge fan of Ben Solens and just all these cool people. I mean, and I know I'm forgetting so many people right now, which is kind of killing me because I have so many friends and people I want to thank that I'm, I just am going to forget some, but, um, just in those early days, there were not many of us Tesla bloggers and like Tesla daily was on it with his podcast. I like, like Tesla with Kim. Um, you know, these were all like, we were kind of contemporaries and felt like we were on this little team, clean Technica, you know, uh, shout out to Zach and Kanan from clean Technica. Like, we were just all in this team. Even shout out to Fred Lambert for Electric. I know people. He's a really controversial person in the community. Um, I think, dude, he's he's a savage journalist in some ways. Like he just gets really good scoops. Um, and I think I, I check Electric, and I think he's awesome. And I'm kind of friends with him too. I know I don't know why that's controversial, but honestly, like I I enjoy my relationship with him and Seth as well. Um, just all the people in the Tesla community, Tesla Raj. Like I love our different styles, but how they're unique and how they help Tesla. Um, Tesla owner, Silicon Valley. I mean, John, that's awesome. I feel like he kind of holds it down for that core Tesla community. And then you, like, honestly, two of my favorite guys in the Tesla community, Anwar Beck and Eli Burton, bro. These guys, if you want to have fun at a Tesla event, find Anwar Beck and Eli Burton. Probably mostly Anwar Beck because this dude is like, he knows everybody. I call him the Rick Rubin of Tesla because he literally knows everybody in the Tesla community and is just so pumped, so awesome, so in it for the right reasons. Um, he's been someone that I just feel so fortunate to be friends with and like to me epitomizes like the dope, fun, open-hearted, like positive mindset of the Tesla community just embodies it. Like I just cannot recommend enough uh, saying what up to Anwar Beck and meeting him. And in that bit, like him and Eli, Eli like, Wow, I just feel like they're my homies and I have so much fun with them. And I honestly miss them. I'm trying to get Eli out here to do a Starman interview um, and talk all about that, which I think is going to be unbelievable. What I'm an, actually an angel investor in Starman. I don't know if to let that slip, but um, I just love what they're doing for the Tesla community. They have the Tesla Geek Show. I feel like they are the Tesla geeks. Um, so just people like that, where it's like you watch their content, you become fans of them, and then you get to meet them. Like that's so honestly another person I want to give a shout out to is Everyday Astronaut. 
he's just like, Tim is awesome. Like, I didn't know what to think of him. I thought he was going to be so big time. Like, I don't know. I was just like kind of intimidated the first time I met him in Austin, uh, like a year ago, but just so down to earth, so cool, so friendly. Um, just another one of those people that I feel like honored that I got to connect with and kind of like, you know, talk a little bit about like, what's good with YouTube. Got to ask him a couple questions about Mars. When are we going? That's also someone I would love to have on the channel is, uh, is Tim, because I think that would be just legendary and epic um, interview. I hope, I think that'll happen. Tim, we got to make that happen. Also, Joe, one of the homies who does the Ludicrous podcast with them. He's awesome too. Shout out to him. I could go on forever, honestly. Like I got to give, you know, my, my buddy Aiden constantly scheming with me. If I ever have a startup idea I want to scheme on, he's scheming with me. He's like, just such a thoughtful, forward-thinking person. Like, he's like one of those guys you like have, like we're all chilling, having beers. And he's like, you know, if you were president, what initiative would you focus on that's not being discussed right now? Just these really like thought, and I'm like, whoa, dude, like we got to keep this guy around for this scheme sesh. Like <laughs> this guy, you know, but no, nah, Aiden's hilarious. And we had this club, we met like him. He introduced me, to, or actually no, Alex Sankov, my buddy who was on the crypt, who just early on crypto, incredible engineer, um, who's one of my homies introduced me to Aiden is also an advisor for hyperchange. Like he was really helpful in the early days of helping me understand crypto, how to manage my crypto. Um, and just learning a, a lot about that. And also Mike Demerai along that vein, who I just had on the channel, I've also known him for like two years, but he's been another guy who's just been super helpful to bounce ideas around, uh, to scheme with. And just, there's so many, like, I guess, I don't know, I, I'm going on too hard about my shout outs, but like, there's just, I, I kind of wanted to just do that with this episode and just show you the breadth of, of how hyperchange is not just one person. It's like really a community of all these people coming together with amazing ideas. Um, and I just feel so, so blessed and lucky to have known all of them and be, and, and like be homies with them. So anyway, I'm going to wrap it up because I feel like actually, no, I, and, and honestly, it's like, I can't even wrap it up because I have some more shout outs. Like all of the startups that I've invested in that have taken me in, like giving me tours like Adams. I'm such a big fan of Adams. I wear my Adams shoes every day. Wakas and Sidra, just so nice. Uh, love kicking it with them whenever I get the chance. And just like the ability to meet entrepreneurs and just these crazy startup people and talk to them and just have them give you attention and just let them pick your brain for two seconds is like, it blows my mind. I'm so thankful for it. Like Sun Karshan with Bumblebee Spaces, like one of my favorite, like just so outside the box companies that I've seen just grow up in such a bold way um, that I'm actually an investor in as well. Um, and just talking to Sun Karshan, you know, a guy who worked at Apple and then Tesla and is using that robotics IT software knowledge to change real estate and make, you know, in a more compact way, more people can live in cities better. Like I just... It, it's so many ideas uh, that are happening right now, like uh, Pure Watercraft, the electric boat company just down the river here or just down the lake in Lake Union, Andy, the CEO, um, Alexander, uh, the finance guy who's been uh, helping me out as well and like introduced me to the CEO, like so many, so many cool companies like that. Um, Al Alloy Automation, another startup invested in, which is awesome. Sarah Dew, like super young, epic entrepreneur. You got Pigeon Loans, another company. I'm actually, I want to have the founder on soon that I got to be an angel investor in, um, which is so dope. I wanted to give a shout out to them. And honestly, if I'm at the real startup shout outs, it's Neve, my buddy Neve, who, um, is he started Shrug Capital. He has got me into the first couple startup deals I did. And, you know, he introduced me to Adams. He introduced me to House, this Rosé brand, which I'm an investor in, Community, uh, the Community app. And he's just a real hustler and knows people in the VC space um, and really kind of like took the time. He was like, yo, I watch your channel. I'm in VC. Let's scheme. And like, 
really took the time to kind of educate me. And I would say like HyperGuap, all my angel investments wouldn't have happened without Neve. So huge shout out to him. And he's just like one of the quirkiest, funniest people I've met in the whole game. Like just the way he does like the socks and the shrug calendar and just like, I don't know, I feel like he's got like a hack on venture culture and he's constantly scheming like you want to know someone who's just scheming 10 steps ahead on just really weird things that look like toys and games but could totally blow up and change the world neve is your guy um and i actually owe him a bottle of tesla tequila so i got that neve you got to come to seattle bro uh if you want that <laughs> and honestly the hyper change team i gotta round out the team I have a new um, kind of like intern sort of biz dev helper guy, um, Kevin, who's been experimenting, not the other Kevin, new Kevin, who's kind of been experimenting and uh, helping me behind the scenes. I think that's awesome. I mean, he's been hustling. I just feel like I've got a couple people on the team who just like are down to hustle and put the work in and are fans and are like, bro, don't pay me. I want to work for free. Like, I don't know. I'm huge shout out to him. Also, huge, huge shout out to Aaron, who runs our IG and clips. He's someone who told me he would work for free, was just hustling, proved his worth to me, um, has been, you know, helping me out for like a year or two now, totally runs clips. He runs Instagram. If you're DMing me there, it's all him. Um, and he's just like, you know, I'm not very good at like telling people what to do. I'm kind of a lone wolf. That's why I like do this and I have my own channel, I have my own company. And so the people who have been like galley, like they literally have to like pitch me at 10 times, message me 20 ways to get my attention, to convince me that I should give them a chance and then just like... They know what I want before I tell them almost. Those are the people that are, I work best with. And I think Aaron defines that perfectly, like constantly getting better at clips, constantly scheming on new things. Feel really blessed to kind of have this growing and budding team that's coming around HyperChange to take it to the next level. So I've been droning on for way too long. I feel horrible if I forgot you. I feel horrible because I know I forgot people that I should have shouted out, but that just is what it is. This is totally off the cuff, but um, I, I want to make this episode to say, look, hyper change is hyper changing. I'm in the new studio, new equipment coming, new content ready to roll. Like we have not hyper changed enough of the world. Tesla's booming. That's dope. But we have so much more going on, so much more to cover, so many more crazy moves to make beyond just releasing content, business initiatives, projects, charity stuff. I'm that's still early, but there's big, big stuff in the works and we're just getting started. And I kind of wanted to make this episode to just take a little time to take y'all behind the scenes, tell you what I've been up to, tell you why I'm so excited about what's next and just say thank you, honestly, because that's all. I wish I could take a Tesla tequila shot with all of you. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe one day after COVID. Anyway, um, have a great day. Seriously, huge shout out to everybody who watches the show and especially those people who support on Patreon because I think hyper change, it's been, it's totally changed my life. And I think we're on the cusp of doing something really, really cool and just creating so much incredible content to get people focused on the right things about the future, the new sustainable companies that are changing the world for the better, getting those companies capital, getting them attention, um, helping them grow and expand to make the world better and hyper change it. That's what we're all about. See y'all next time. Peace.